Flighty Fitness Podcast episode number one, something I've been wanting to do for quite a while now. And I'm joined by my man, JD, aka the hybrid athlete, an absolute beast when it comes to all forms of different types of training, whether it's calisthenics, weightlifting, cardio, all that stuff, man. So I'm happy to have you here, man. Happy to have you come through, chop it up. Let's have a good time. Yeah, man. I appreciate you for having me, man. Definitely been yes, kind We've been uh, modern, monitoring your journey along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been chopping up for at least two years now. One, one of the first guys actually gave me some good advice when it comes to calisthenics, YouTube, all that stuff, man. So appreciate you pulling up. So the first thing I want to ask you is what is a hybrid athlete to you? And let's take us on that journey of you becoming the hybrid athlete we see today. Okay, so I would say a hybrid athlete, my definition of it is just somebody who's multifaceted, somebody who trains in a multitude of styles. And by using all those different, what I would like to call tools on a tool belt, it just makes you a better athlete in whatever your area of focus is. And I would probably say my two main areas of focus at this point in my life are calisthenics and endurance running is like my new journey it's like my new baby that i'm working mm. with now and uh, i've been training calisthenics for five five and a half years maybe even six years at this point and you know i went body weight a lot of that journey and i just really focused on calisthenics and nutrition and just trying to get proficient at certain movements but at a certain point i hit somewhat of a plateau and i needed to mix in some different things to kind of Number one, I would say, keep the fulfillment and the excitement in the training. And then number two, when you add certain elements to your training, it's not going to do anything but help you with your body weight. Like, say, for instance, you start adding some weighted calisthenics or maybe you start adding some, you know, Olympic weightlifting movements or you start adding in some certain endurance training techniques or plow metrics for some explosiveness. Uh, this is kind of my idea of what a hybrid athlete is. I've been training for over 20 years and, you know, I started off just like we were talking before we got on here, playing basketball, running track, these Mm -hmm. type of, uh, pursuits as a kid, more like games and sports. And eventually, eventually it translated into me wanting to get proficient and optimize my body. So I started out with the weightlifting for a long time and I dabbled in running a little bit in my twenties. And I just recently got into that journey. And, you know, recently I just accomplished one of my first, I would say, goals in running. And that was doing a half a marathon. Damn. You got everything down. You got calisthenics, weightlifting, marathons. Okay. So how did you get about into like this type of training? Like you said, you were doing basketball, you're doing track and field. But what really stuck out to you when it comes to like the the hybrid style, when it comes to calisthenics, when it comes to um, endurance training, what what really got you got you into that? Uh, I I would say that I'm just I've always been like an observant person over my life Uh, throughout my life. I've always been very observant. And, you know, I might see somebody in a gym doing a movement that I think looks cool or I might see somebody doing you know something maybe i would see something somebody doing something impressive athletically and it would be something that would pique my interest and eventually what i would end up wanting to do is like man how do i get to that level how can i perform that movement Mm -hmm. and i think i saw somebody doing a muscle up maybe i don't know it might have been like was it muscle up for you it was probably it was the it was Uh like that was the first time i really kind of thought about I saw somebody do a muscle up in a gym when I was living in San Jose, maybe like eight, 10 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. I never really kind of pursued it, but I used to see this dude hitting muscle ups all the time. And I was like, man, that's a cool ass movement. Like yeah. I wish I could really do it. And I think I tried it a couple of times and my technique was really off and I really didn't have the strength at the time to do it. So it's like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a dope movement. And then yeah. I ended up revisiting it down the line. And what kind of got me into calisthenics was, I saw this crazy video of uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen this dude Hannibal for King. Yeah, and, yeah OG. Uh, and I saw this crazy video of him doing like all types of crazy shit in New York, and it was like, man, I seen him do that. I'm like, this type of stuff doesn't even look humanly possible. 
<laughs> I want to be able to. I want to at least try to do it. Like, look, what do, yeah. how do I get? How do I get involved in this to be able to do some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what got me interested in uh, in the calisthenics part part of it. And I think that's really what sparked my true passion for movement. Like, I've always loved sports. I've always loved staying in shape. But actually, getting to the point where I got obsessive over it was when I started doing calisthenics. And it's like there's like an endless amount of progressions. And for mm-hmm, me, yeah. All those progressions and all those little goals just keep me motivated to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was uh, I saw one of my friends do a handstand push-up, and I was like, I have to learn how to do that. that I'm still not there yet, but it's it's one that's like it was just like you don't see that. Yeah, someone just doing overhead press of the earth, basically. I was just like, Nah, dude, I have to get that. So yeah. that's been it's it's kind of um, similar that you saw the muscle up, and then I saw the handstand push-up, and you eventually got into calisthenics and what I feel like once you get into calisthenics, there's so many, like you said, facets of it. There's weighted calisthenics. There's a skill, skill training. There's the, um, the basic like uh, street workouts and stuff like that. So what would you say is the best way to start calisthenics for a guy who is looking at these things too? And is just like kind of overwhelmed. There's like skill, there's weighted calisthenics, there's, um, the uh street workouts and stuff like that what was the way you started and what do you think is the best way to start um well number one i would say that everybody kind of starts the pursuit for different reasons we all have our different Mm -hmm. why you know some people are getting into doing calisthenics because they might see somebody who has a really great physique who's doing calisthenics and that's something that they want to they want to emulate this guy's physique i want to be able to look like this guy or somebody might see a certain movement that looks beautiful and they say to themselves like oh i really want to be able to accomplish this feat of being able to perform like this on a pull-up bar or you know some people love like that freestyle calisthenics type stuff yeah. not really like my thing but you know they see people doing all those twists and flips and all that other type of kind of like gymnastics yeah, yeah true. want to be able to do that and learn those tricks that people do on the bar so everybody kind of has their own why for why they get into the calisthenics game or why they get into fitness in general and i would probably say that number one before you even get into any of the destinations that you might want to get into the physique being able to do handstand push-ups being able to do 360 spins on the bar whatever it may be or being able to do uh, 50 pull-ups in a row or whatever or being able to do a 200 pound dip the number one thing that you need to do is lay down a foundation of fundamentals. And mm-hmm. I would say that's where everybody needs to start from step one. And I would say that's the route that I went. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to build my fundamentals up. I don't think that you can actually advance in calisthenics if you don't have a solid base of fundamentals. And for me, the probably the big three movements would be uh, pull-ups, push-ups, and dips. And specifically pull-ups and dips, in my opinion. Like, I mm-hmm. think are great but as far as like progressing in calisthenics like dips are a a way more important movement and pull-ups for sure is like i mean i don't think there is any any movement that represents calisthenics more than a pull-up so if you want to be able to get to the point where you can do handstand push-ups if you want to get to the point where you can do uh front levers planches uh muscle ups whatever it may be you have to solidify those three movements right there and if you want to have a complete balance in your body, you're going to have to make sure that you do some form of leg training as well, even if it's just body weight squats or body weight lunges or whatever it may be. But eventually you're going to want to try to optimize that as well. And in my opinion, you want to add some weights, add some plyometrics, do some endurance running, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so that base foundation, how, how long did it take you to get that base foundation because a lot of people obviously want to shortcut get straight to the skills and stuff like that what do you think is the best way to like ensure that you get that foundation so when you get into the skill work when you get into the physique stuff that your your foundation is solid enough you don't you don't just crumble you get injuries you just burn out and stuff like that yeah i think everybody's starting off at a different level as well like true Mm -hmm. got people who come into calisthenics and they were already athletes before or you got people who come into calisthenics who, you know, who had already had previous experience weightlifting. Like my, you know, you were just talking about my boy James, the Jack dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
James started off calisthenics after he was already an elite Olympic weightlifter. He was mm-hmm. like an elite weightlifter in Hawaii. He had he holds like six Hawaii state records in Olympic weightlifting. And, you know, for him, he got into calisthenics. And of course, he because of his level of athleticism coming into it, he was already at a higher level than maybe somebody who'd been training calisthenics for two years. So it really just depends on where you're at when you start off doing calisthenics. But I would say overall for fitness in general, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're proficient. I would say if you're we're just talking about calisthenics. I would say a good base of proficiency for, you know, fundamentals or laying down a foundation would be number one, you need to focus on your form. So range of motion is extremely important. And I know starting off, you're probably not, you know, most people aren't going to be able to be perfect with their form. So that's the unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never been somebody to be like the form police and being like, yeah. oh, this dude, oh, that doesn't count, whatever. You know, everybody's at their own level. So don't pay attention to the people who are being extremely negative. Because one thing I've noticed about people who are extremely negative when it comes down to other people's journey is that they're usually at a plateau that they're probably never going to be able to get out of. You know, I noticed that when I kind of started off calisthenics and, you know, maybe some people critique the way that I did pull-ups or they critique that I kept too much on my muscle-ups or they critique my range of motion when I was first starting off. And to me, there's really no room for that type of negativity when, you know, it's like uh, comes from a malicious standpoint. Mm -hmm. I can understand it's definitely helpful when people give you, you know, constructive criticism on what you're doing and give you you know maybe some ways that you can do it better but when it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of like shit talking and bashing i think that that's something that you kind of need to block out and it's really important for anybody starting off their fitness journey to just understand that you have people like that but you really don't need to pay any attention to them just focus on improving incrementally you know more range of motion more reps uh more cleaner sets Uh, These are things that you need to work on. And I highly recommend if you're starting off, even if you're not starting a YouTube channel or an Instagram or anything like that, film your workouts. Yeah. yeah. Strange. And, you know, a lot of people might see people filming workouts and they think, oh, this person's self-absorbed or whatever it may be. But in all reality, the I film almost every single set that I do, especially on movements that I'm working on and trying to perfect and the reason why I do it is not because I post every single set that I'm that I'm doing. You know, I really film. I work out every single day and I don't post that much, but I film every single day. And the reason why I do it is because I want to make sure that I'm doing the movement correctly. And I think that we can even catch some of the flaws in our technique and some of the flaws in our form if we go back and look at the game tape, as I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. You do that feedback like nothing else really gives you that feedback. Like, of course. If you have a training partner, they tell you you're not doing something right. But once you see yourself doing it, you're just like, okay, like now it makes sense of like why certain movements don't feel as good, why it's not as clean. So 100%, like when I started recording myself, like you can really see um, flaws because naturally humans, like we look at our flaws the most, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like visual things. So when it comes to working out and you want that stuff, but you don't want to get too attached to it where you're just like, oh, like I have to have the cleanest, perfect, most perfect rep. Cause what you said is really, really key in, um, in fitness and just general in life. I feel like before you worry so much about quality, you got to get in like the reps, you got to get that quantity in. Like you're not going to get the best push up just off doing one rep every single day. You got to do, 10 reps, seven of them are good, three of them are shitty, but you learn how to get those three three reps that were shitty better on after you just keep banging out the reps. So that's a really good point that you made there. And it's a lot of people I can tell that get into fitness have that perfectionism mindset. And when it comes to like calisthenics, if you want to get into skills and stuff like that, you're going to fail so many times. Like it's ridiculous. Probably the most out of any like resistance training, I would say calisthenics, you're going to fail the most because it's so demanding on your body. So you got to have that mental capacity to be able to get that constructive criticism from people around you, uh, your recording and just take it all in, but not get too attached to it to understand that 
it takes time and you you eventually will get to the point that you want to get to but you're not going to get there overnight and it's probably going to take longer than even things like weightlifting and stuff because of just uh the nature of the nature of calisthenics yeah and i would say that another thing to keep in mind as well is like i actually just got finished doing a live stream on my channel about this back to back yeah and it was it was more so i was talking to to, uh james actually me and him were doing it and it was about Mm -hmm. having big goals versus small goals Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i think is extremely important is you can have lofty goals when it comes down to fitness but you need to make sure that you have a bunch of small goals that you're actively working on. Yeah, you like break that goal big goal yeah. down. Exactly, because those small goals are going to compound into bigger goals anyways. And, you know, you guys can, if you guys check out my channel, you guys can go to, like, if I don't know if YouTube lets you do this anymore, but you can go to my oldest video. If you check out just some of my oldest videos from when I first started doing calisthenics, and none of that stuff, in my opinion, is very impressive at all. And my form wasn't very great. But I'm glad that I actually documented all that stuff because it's actually something that people can look back on and say, like, oh, this dude's at this level right now. And you go back and look at five years from this, like, man, I'm doing better, better, uh, you know, workouts than that. You know, so you can think to yourself, it's it's going to take time. You know what I mean? It's going to take time. Like, I know a lot of people get into calisthenics and they want to do some, you know, a handstand push up to me is something that's feasible and it's reasonable right mm-hmm. as far as like okay i want to get into calisthenics i want to learn this movement it's something that's not necessarily so far away that you're going to get too discouraged but there's a lot of people who come into calisthenics and they're saying oh i want to be able to do a full planche yeah steps, or i want to be able to do front lever pull-ups there's actually somebody in a live stream that actually said that that's their goal is to do front lever pull-ups but one thing to understand about a goal that lofty big goals is that you have to understand that something like front lever pull-ups or a planche push-ups or something like that this could be a goal that takes five years and yeah, if you're not five years that, minimum yeah. It, could take, yeah it could take minimum five years six years mm-hmm. seven years who knows and if you're not willing to put in the work over the time to actually get there you almost have to not even think about the planche like the entire time i've been doing calisthenics the planche wasn't even something that was even on my radar to mm-hmm. be honest with you, I only started training the planche like last year just because one of my friends in Brazil was telling me like, man, you're you're strong enough to start training planche. Like you have to start training. And I was telling him, I'm like, ah, oh, no, nah, I'm six feet tall. I'm, you know, I'm too tall to do the planche. And he was just like, nah, that's just an excuse. Like mm-hmm. you need to start training the planche. So I started training it. And eventually I got the straddle planche, started doing straddle planche pushups. And now I'm working on doing the full planche. And I'll probably have that pretty soon as well. So mm-hmm. but the things that take a long time and you have to, like, focus on all these smaller goals that are right in front of you before you start worrying about these goals that are like way down the line. Yeah. Keep those bigger goals in your subconscious. But in your 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 you know, right in front of you and the, uh, you know, in your conscious mind, you need to be worried about, OK, what do I need to do? What tasks do I need to accomplish this week? Mm-hmm. And there's something uh, about having those big goals in the subconscious that I noticed that when you consciously think about that huge goal, it just looks way too far away and it's easy to just give up once you, once you like get into it and you're just like, damn bro, I do not think I can get this in five years even because it's so, it just looks so far away. But when you have the, in the back of your mind and you're slowly building up with like smaller goals, let's say you get, a heavy weighted dip and then you can start getting into handstands and you get into handstand push-ups all those things build up and you get to that level where you can you know like the guy said you're strong enough to start training the planche but you didn't even think about it the entire time so you just kept building up building up and then you know that uh the door kind of unlocked for you because you put in all that work but you weren't so attached to it like you got to get the planche by five years like you just were going out throughout your life training and in five years you got the ability to unlock the planche without really even thinking about it so that, that's that's some really good advice to just even in life in general as they that you just get it comes down to just focusing on the journey versus focusing on the right. actual end goal mm-hmm. 
know because really to be honest with you when it comes down to life in my opinion there really is no end goal like what is mm -hmm. your end goal in life and when you get to that goal are you you know do you want to just die after that point you know, <laughs> like if you accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in life is that the end of it now our life is 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 not it's not like something that's static our life is dynamic it's you know our mm -hmm. goals change constantly you know our perspective in life changes constantly and we can always grow in some some area because we're never going to know it all we're never going to accomplish it all so you know that's the beauty of life is that these things are always moving you know it's like your goals are like a, a goal post that's con that's constantly getting moved all the time yeah so, mm -hmm. and it's getting moved further and further back because you you know you you get to that goal post and then all of a sudden you have a new goal that gets pushed further back that you know it gets even harder yeah yeah in life so i think that's like something to look at in terms of calisthenics and just kind of going with the flow but also there is you know there's also value to having structure and wanting to get to a certain place by a certain time as well because it kind of lights a fire on us under us and it kind of gives us a little bit more initiative to put in the work but i would mm -hmm. say finding a balance between the two is really where you where where it's, where it's at in life and in calisthenics or mm -hmm. life and in training and speaking on that putting the work there's something pretty unique that you do that i don't see a lot of people do in uh, fitness like i don't do it myself is you work out daily seven days a week so yeah. you probably even today you're going to go work out but is it that you're training you're doing resistance training every day or is it that you're doing some form of movement because i would say i do some form of movement every day whether it's going on walks and this and that but i'm not doing weighted pull-ups weighted dips this and that like every single day like every single day i would do um uh, 50 pull-ups 100 push-ups just quick workout but do you get a strict workout in every single day or is it just something that you're trying to get in some form of movement uh i would say i recommend to everybody to do some form of movement every day mm -hmm. but okay for myself i actually do like a strict workout damn much. really every day every day and depending on what it is like today I, Sundays are, pro are probably a little bit more relaxed for me as far as like resistance training. But the thing is, on Sundays, I also do like a very long run every Sunday. Like I'm getting ready to go for it. As soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go on a 10 mile run. Mm -hmm. And this is like probably my more relaxed day of the week when it comes down to resistance training. But I'm still going to do some muscle ups today. I'm still going to probably get in some handstands and maybe work on some planks or whatever just not as long, maybe do an hour of workout opposed to doing a couple of hours like I usually do on a daily basis. And then I'm mm -hmm. going to get, that, you know, hour, hour and a half long running and I'm going to be running some hills today. So for me, the body adapts over time in, in, in any way. So that's the one thing that people don't really I think a lot of people have this uh, misinformation on that the body needs X amount of rest like like what is rest if you really think about it you know what is time and what is rest when it comes down to mm -hmm. i need to take two days off per week um for me i probably sleep eight hours per night on average so which is probably maybe what three two or three more hours average than the, than the average person sleep is when our body recovers the most anyway so i'm getting yeah. more recovery in that good eight hours of sleep and if you're not drinking alcohol you're not over consuming caffeine. You're not, you know, doing drugs that are affecting your sleep. Your body's going to regenerate itself. Another thing I mm -hmm. like to do is intermittent fasting, which also helps with my recovery. And then I do active forms of recovery, like take the massage gun, massage my body, foam rolling, mobility work. And in general, your body's going to adapt to the training frequency and the training volume that you give it anyways. So my body pretty much feels fresh almost every single day. Like every, you know, every so often I feel like some some fatigue or, you know, my body will feel a little, I might have a, a nagging little injury here or there. But that's something that I experienced before when I used to train five days per week. It's something that I experienced when I was training four days per week. It's something that I experienced when I used to train six days per week. So the body will pretty much adapt to anything that you give it. It's just more of but for me it's more of a mental approach than it is anything that has to do with the physical because i think i look at training and i look at 
just everything we do in life as a way to create momentum. And you can either create positive momentum or you can create negative momentum. There is really no such thing as staying the same in life. You're either getting worse or you're getting better. So for me, I always look at if I keep my momentum going with my training seven days per week, I'm constantly getting better. I'm communicating with my body every single day because I'm constantly doing the same movements over and over again. And I'm telling my body that these movements are important to me. So I need to be able to complete these movements. So by me doing it every single day, my body's taking note of that. My mind is taking note of that. And those movement patterns just get locked into the point where they start becoming easy for you. Mm -hmm. So would you say for people getting into calisthenics, they should do this as well or just uh, get into training? Or is it something that you've built up over time? You've built up the, the muscle tissue resiliency to handle some movements seven days a week. Uh, I, I always would say that you should do something active every single day. But mm -hmm. I would also say that nobody's journey is, is the same. You can't follow my blueprint exactly and get to where I got to in life because I've had so many different. Like my mindset is different than the next man's mindset. Your mindset mm -hmm. is different than the next man's mindset. So what's going through our brain while, while we're training is completely different. So I would say I do recommend seven days per week movement. But for somebody who's just starting off calisthenics, seven days per week movement might mean two days you just go on a 30 minute walk, you know, or two days you just do uh, maybe 15 minutes of jump rope. And one day you might go for a two mile run. So to me, it, it looks different for everybody. And in the other days, what you might do as your full workout might be, you know, your uh warm-up workout you know what i mean mm -hmm. because it might be something that's so easy you you said 50 pull-ups and 100 push-ups like that's just some easy little task but somebody mm -hmm. who's getting the calisthenics 50 yeah. pull-ups 100 push-ups is like man oh, that's, that's yeah. that they can't even think about doing in a day like it takes them like three days to complete those numbers mm -hmm. so you got to think about it like that do some form of movement every day whatever your body can handle and slowly increase after that and then through that progressive overload, so to speak, your body's going to adapt. And eventually, you know, you look up two years from now and all the stuff you are doing right now is going to look like child's play. Yeah, facts. Now, something you said that uh, helps your recovery is intermittent fasting. I do that, too. And I know that you've done it for a while throughout your throughout your videos. You've talked about it. So let's break it down how not only the physical effects but like the mental and even spiritual effects about fasting like long fasting and intermittent fasting as well yeah so i always look at i look at fasting as like a form of cleansing uh at least from a spiritual and like a mental perspective is because i like to consider myself somewhat of a minimalist in life and i try to simplify everything that i have in life because i think that a lot of times we make things a little bit too complex and our body is the same way like we can be mental minim minimalist uh we can be minimalist when it comes down to food and we can be minimalist when it comes down to having too many items material items and when it comes down to food people food consuming food can almost become a full-time job when you're eating like three, four, some people are even eating like six meals per day. That's just too much time to be thinking about what you're putting in your body for fuel, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it just takes up too much mental space. So from a mental perspective, you're constantly thinking about food opposed to constantly thinking about the things that you need to be doing per day that are actually going to you know, help you progress and or help you grow in one area or, or another. And the fact of the matter is like you can still get the same amount of cal caloric intake in in a smaller eating window as you can in a larger eating window. And from a spiritual perspective, cleansing the body is something that, you know, in fasting is something that people have been doing for thousands of years. So this isn't anything that any, you know, YouTuber or anything that some, you know, you know, fitness influencer made up in the in in the recent years this is a practice that's been going on for years and years and years and mm -hmm. it gives for me and i'm sure for yourself as well i feel the most sharp mentally when i'm in a fasted state mm -hmm. and let's just say for instance 
I'm going through something, my body automatically, like something spiritual, something spiritually is on my mind. My body automatically is going to have less of an appetite because there's more things that I need to think about and more things that I need to process mm -hmm. from a spiritual and mental perspective than to be, you know, putting myself in a state of, I would say like, uh, when you eat, it gives you a sense of like, uh, searching for the word right now, but it gives you a sense of like, there's, there's nothing left to accomplish. I don't really need to think about anything. You're not hungry. Yeah. You're like not, not hungry. hungry. Right? Yeah, physically, it's, it's, yeah. time, it's time to relax. And yeah. you know, when you, yeah, you know what I mean? And like, for me, that's the reason why I always like to start my days off in a fasted state because you're still kind of going after it and still getting after it. So that's more so that's more so like part of the reason why I like to fast. There's a ton of physical benefits as well when it comes down to intermittent fasting, as far as like burning fat, creating, uh, boosting your eight, uh, your human growth hormone, mm -hmm. uh, proving your digestion system. Just there's a ton of it, repairing your cells, autophagy. It, there's a ton of different benefits when it comes down to fasting. I would say that once you get to like a full day's fast and longer, though, it's more of a mental and spiritual thing from that that standpoint. And I think it's good to push ourselves mentally. I think that's something that the majority of society, especially here in America, we don't do a lot of pushing ourselves. We don't have a lot of mental strength in this country. So if you're somebody who is finding different ways to improve your mental strength, I think that's an important thing to add into your repertoire or add onto your tool belt. So Another thing I want to talk about is like we got into spirituality and stuff like that when it comes to fasting, but let's talk about the spiritual side or aspect of calisthenics because I've noticed as getting into calisthenics and stuff like that, it's kind of like unlocking your 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 body so your soul. I don't know how to say it. your soul kind of like has freedom to use this, like this body, however, however way it wants. And like things like the weightlifting, while I still do it, I still like mix it in. Cause it, like I'm doing the hybrid training as well, kind of locks you into certain movement patterns and stuff like that. You don't really get to fully like feel and express your body, like things like calisthenics and like gymnastics and even running does so what has been your your um experience so far with that for me i think like at, at least the the difference between calisthenics is like in in like weightlifting i would say if we're just comparing those two things in particular is that there's almost an unlimited amount of ways that you can maneuver your body when it comes down to calisthenics because you're really just basically finding different ways to create resistance with your body and finding mm -hmm. different different positions and different movements to do with your body opposed to like you said weightlifting is more about how far can you take it as far as building pure strength and uh you know I, I think there's something to both of those things to be completely honest with you i don't think one of them is necessarily superior to the other but one thing i like about calisthenics is like it's an inner practice that is like mental and physical at the same time and it's like it's a inner practice that manifests itself physically mm -hmm. so it really takes a lot of mind muscle connection to be able to do uh something like a 90 degree handstand push-up but then it manifests itself physically by being a beautiful movement or all these compounding effects that we do as far as training daily to you know get our reps and sets in it manifests into our ourselves having a more impressive physique than we did maybe a year ago before we started mm -hmm. training or whatever it may be. So that's one of the things I love about calisthenics. And, you know, honestly, one of the things I've actually been noticing lately is that once certain movements start to get a little bit easier, you start to, it doesn't become a, it, like it doesn't become a pursuit on how do I make the handstand push up easy it becomes a pursuit on how do I make the handstand push up more. Yeah. So yeah. that's actually another thing that I actually really like about calisthenics as well. And I guess you could say the same thing for weightlifting, but it's really just kind of like adding Putting more weight on the bar. Yeah. It's a little bit less creative, I would say, 
mm-hmm. it's more creativity involved in calisthenics than there is maybe in terms of like weightlifting. But they're mm-hmm. both impressive athletic uh, feats, and you know, I definitely like doing both of them. And I'm actually kind of getting a little bit more into the weightlifting thing too. But I think calisthenics is always going to be like my main focus and my bread and butter. At least that's what I feel like now because I'm also mm-hmm. really into the running as well. So that's another thing. Running is probably to me is like the most challenging mentally because you're really challenging your your willpower more so than you are challenging your actual. I think there's an element of it that comes down to weightlifting, but there's definitely more willpower involved in running because it's it's almost all mental, really. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a physical component to it as well, but it's very mental. You're almost playing mind games with yourself on in the entire time that you're actually Mm -hmm. over to run. Any type of like long distance cardio, I feel like that. Like I used to, like, um, go to a beach and there's like a huge buoy out there, like way far out there, and I would go at night to like psych my mental even more. And bro, so many mind games happen in your head, just like, oh bro, I'm a drown. Oh bro, there's a sharks under me. Oh, there's that. And when you're running, it's like, I'm, I like my knees are gonna give out, bro. I can't do this, like this and that. So you gotta fight that, like side of you that like you made the point that in america western country like people don't push themselves so you're so stuck in that type of mindset that these things like you have to break through or you're just not gonna you're not gonna finish that run you're not gonna finish that swim so it's it's really training that that side of your brain to like not listen to all the chatter and just stay focused on the mission and just complete it so that is that is 100% something I've noticed from all different types of form of like long distance like cardio it's even if you're not sprinting it's like still your brain is like telling you to stop and it's like stop 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 but your your willpower is like you're building that up and you can consider that even a muscle that you don't really get from too many things like weightlifting I wouldn't even say with calisthenics and stuff like that but I personally don't run as much as probably I should, but every time I do, it's, I feel that 100%. I mean, there's seasons in life for all these things, to be honest. Yeah. With you. I always look at it as like, this is just one of my, this is one of my seasons is, is me incorporating running into it. But like, I'm also, I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how old you are, but I'm 37 years old. So, no been, way. Yeah, I'm 37. So, I'm about to be 38 this year. So, no I'm, way. Actually, I, there's no way. Yeah, no, this good shape and that good shape and being able to do that's that's nuts. That is, and that's wow. another. Man, I would that's think another, like thirty max. Yeah, that's another mental limitation that a lot of people have as well. Age, like, yeah. oh, age. So you know, maybe somebody who's you know thirty years old is starting off is looking at calisthenics and they're like, ah, oh, I'm too old to get into it. Mm-hmm. You know, or, there's probably people that are twenty five years old, twenty years old that think they're too old to get into something, just yeah. because. They have the mentality of like, oh, if I wasn't proficient at something at 18 years old and I wasn't a star basketball player or whatever it may be, then, you know, it's too late for me. But I guess for myself, it's just it was more from a curiosity standpoint of wanting to try out these different movements. And then it ended up being a point where it's like, I want to see how far I can take it. I want to see how far I can push my body. And like age really is honestly one of those things where people give it way too much power. Because even though I'm 37, like I barely ever rarely even think about the fact that I'm 37 years old because, number one, I don't move like I'm. And I don't even think 37 is really that old, to be honest with you. People kind of have out here, people kind of have the the mentality that 37 is like some old number, but it's really Mm -hmm. just. Person well, I mean, here because you see 37 year olds that are in like wheelchairs already, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people, don't take care of themselves. yeah, a lot of people don't take care of themselves, and I think that's another problem in society is that everything is too easily accessible and we're too comfortable here. So, most people don't want to get outside of their comfort zone, they don't want to spend time cooking a meal, they rather just go through a drive through, they don't mm-hmm. want to spend time actually putting some work in to work out. They'd rather just, you know, figure out another way to uh, get whatever they want out of life because there's an endless supply of pleasure in the society. And it, gratification, yeah. Yeah. And if you just become a pleasure junkie, then, you know, it's like a snowball effect. And before you know it, you're like a drug addict 
that just needs more and more and more and more and more. And you're never going to be fulfilled by all the stimulation that you can get because there's an endless supply of stimulation. You know, an overdose on that just means that, you know, mentally you're going to be fractured at that at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of like going off that point, I wouldn't say this is one of those things, but you're, I would say, a travel junkie, actually. So is that something like let's talk about how the exploring new parts of the world changes your perspective and stuff like i haven't traveled too much but i feel like every time i have like i've only gone out of the country like once and you get like a whole different like data set i would say like in a whole different like understanding of how the world works and as someone who's 37 with a lot of wisdom a lot of knowledge about just life in general how much do you think travel played a part into that man travel has been definitely an integral part in like my growth and development mm -hmm. and i think that we all everybody who goes out and travels travels for different reasons and i think maybe some of my reasons for traveling when i was younger was completely different than the reasons why i travel now mm -hmm. um, and i don't really i don't really think that there's anything wrong with any of the reasons why people travel you know some people travel to have fun and party some people travel because they want to experience different cultures some people travel because they're looking for a new home. Some people travel because they're really into one particular aspect of life and they want to experience that in other places. Like there's a lot of people who I know who travel just to eat. Like they literally love food so much that they're just like, I want to try these different foods and all these different cultures. And that's mm -hmm. a reason to travel as well. So for me, I would probably say my travel journey started out more of like a fun thing and it was like i want to just go experience you know partying over here i want to go experience like my travel i used to have like a list of different things i like to do every place i went when i was like in my 20s like mm -hmm. i want to try some different food i want to go to some clubs i want to uh meet some women when i travel mm -hmm. i want to like i want to experience maybe go to a couple sites seeing things and like after that i'm good on that place and i'm moving on to the next so that was kind of like my mindset when i was like first start off my international traveling like in my mid-20s and then it kind of formed into like oh well let me develop some connections and i actually ended up starting a business in japan and i lived in japan for like three years and that was kind of like my real introdu in introduction to like really experiencing another culture because it wasn't me going on a trip for like two weeks it was me actually living someplace learning a language uh learning a culture learning how to conduct myself kind of changing my own my own mindset and like the way i actually interact with people and the way i carry myself changed a lot when i actually moved to japan and that was around the time i was like 29 years old and mm -hmm. I changed a lot then. And then, you know, I, I, I probably when you first saw my channel was when uh, I was living in Hawaii and Hawaii was a whole nother experience for for myself. Probably one of my favorite places in the world. And mm -hmm. that changed me a lot as well. And since since Hawaii, I've kind of been on the move for about a year and a half. Brazil, All over the place, yeah. Argentina. I was in Egypt, Israel, Europe uh japan again taiwan most recently for about three months and uh yeah so my 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 travel the past year and a half actually has not been just simply traveling without a purpose i've actually been looking for a new location to plant some roots so that's actually mm -hmm. been my, my reason for traveling and actually i've actually mentioned this on a couple of videos recently is that i'm actually kind of tired of traveling to be completely honest with you like mm -hmm. i'm more so looking for a place where i can kind of settle down because i feel like i've i mean i've been to over 30 countries i've experienced a lot of different things it's not that i never want to travel again it's just that i don't want to spend my time on like a nomadic pursuit i'd like to actually open up a brick and mortar gym and create more community that's one thing i love about traveling as well i know i'm going all over the place but there's so many oh, different go ahead yeah about it but like i want to create a community and actually grow my community in one spot opposed to something that i've been doing the past few years and that's been being a part of different communities in different locations so that's one of the beauties about calisthenics as well because it all kind of ties in together is that one thing i do now opposed to when i was younger is that when i go to different places i usually stay for about a month 
most of the time. And uh, usually what I do is the first place I go is to calisthenics parks because that's what I love to do. I like to go to cafes and I like to go to calisthenics parks. And when I go to these places, that's where I find my community at. So most of my friends in the places I've been traveling over the year, the last year, year and a half, two years, they've all been into calisthenics. They've all had similar interests to me. So I've been creating these communities, communities, or I haven't been creating, I've been being a part of these communities all over the globe. And I've created this global community of friends that I have that all have similar interests and all are like like-minded. And you'd be surprised. You just end up finding people who kind of click with you and it just happens naturally. So, and you learn a lot from these people. You learn a lot about their culture. You learn a lot about, you know, their way of life. You learn about a lot about, you know, different places. It It's almost like a fast track to getting to know a place, to be honest with you, because they're kind of coming from the same perspective as you and they can kind of give you recommendations on what to do in their in their country so mm -hmm. i'm definitely enjoying that but i'd like to do that myself and uh you know i'm kind of still trying to figure out exactly where i want to do it at i've been thinking about settling in taiwan uh, that's one place taipei is a really really dope spot but then i've also kind of been thinking about coming back home to california and maybe opening a gym here and maybe starting a life here and having this be my base so mm -hmm. travel is definitely a, a dope thing and you're definitely going to learn a lot traveling i just think that uh everybody has a different reason for starting off traveling but i think it's just like calisthenics you might have a, a reason for starting off calisthenics and then eventually your reason to stay in the calisthenics is something completely different it's like it, mm -hmm. your passion for it completely changed and it turned it, it morphed into something else that the journey took you on a different route that you then you actually ended up anticipating to begin with. What would you say is like some good tips for people trying to get into traveling? Because mm. you've been all over the place, you said 30 countries and that like it's kind of and you've been going solo for most of it. Yeah. So what are some like mistakes you've made along the way? And what are some tips you would give? I mean, like, one thing is one thing is you're going to make mistakes every time you go someplace new, for sure. Yeah, that's just, that just comes with the territory. Like traveling is not something that's easy. Like mm -hmm. you're going to have mistakes that you make. Something's going to go wrong. Like it happens every single time, every single place I go. You're going to lose something. You're going to get lost. You're not going to know how to communicate with people. Uh, depending on what country you're in, you're going to get charge the the foreigner price for something when you you pay way more for something than you should pay for it but that just comes <laughs> with the territory and you kind of just got to chalk that up as an l and when i say l it's a learning experience mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of like the my my number one piece of advice for traveling but i would say you know do a little bit of research learn some of the language like don't go someplace thinking that people are supposed to speak english like that's probably the biggest mistake that any that when I see people who have that mentality of like when they're traveling they think everybody's supposed to acquiesce to them or everybody's supposed to accommodate them because they're an American that's where a lot of Americans get that bad reputation of like having that super entitlement complex like they start yelling at people in English like as if that's going to make them understand them. So <laughs> keep your Google Translate on um Make sure that you learn at least how to say hello, thank you. And if you can learn how to say where, like, where, like, like questions like, where do I, how do I get here, or where is this, or something like that. If you can, you know, keep that much information in your brain, that's going to be very helpful as well. Always keep track of the, like, the currency rates for sure, just so you can kind of know exactly how much you're paying for things. Because a lot of times when you go to these countries, like, brazil or argentina or you know wherever it may be you might think that you're not spending a lot of money and then next thing you know you look at your credit card bill or you look at your uh debit your bank account or whatever and you're like damn i spent this much money it's like <laughs> yeah because you were looking at it in their currency and you thought it was all good so mm -hmm. that's another, another tip and i'll probably say uh find somebody local who can you know make a friend you know, whether that's like if you're somebody who's a single man and you meet like when I was younger, I did a lot of dating overseas. So 
for me, I would always meet like some young lady, like almost as soon as I got to a place and like she would pretty much be my tour guide. And as I got older, um, you know, I would meet like people at calisthenics parks or people who are, you know, who just people who have similar interests in me who can kind of like teach me things about their culture, teach me things about uh, where I was at. And also a good thing is they can teach you the language as well. So mm -hmm. I would do that. make sure that you have Google Translate. Uh, get a SIM card, have your have your have a cell phone that's unlocked. So that way, every single country you go to, you can get a SIM card to where your phone is fully functional. That's probably the first thing I do every single time I just get to an airport. Even if I'm paying a little bit more for phone service, I make sure that I have my phone service because that's the thing that you're going to need in case of an emergency. You're going to need to be able to contact your people back home. You're going to be able to need to, you know, call the authorities learn that this is another thing i think is underrated it's like emergency calls are not 911 everywhere in the world so learn what that emergency number is like in taiwan it was 119 um i think another place i was at this year was like 114 i like learn every that's like one of the first things i want to learn when i get someplace so mm -hmm. just in case something goes wrong you know you want to make sure that you you know can get get the help needed and uh like I said, the cell phone, the, the the funny thing about cell phone service in other countries is way cheaper in America. Like, I don't know how much you paying for your plan, but out here it's like, I don't know, my, mine is like $100 per month or something like that. But uh, when I go overseas, it's like I can get a month, a month's worth of data in phone service for like $15, $20. Mm. The only place I probably spent more than that was Israel. That was like 75 bucks and everything there is super expensive. So, but yeah. Man, what are, you, what are your so far your favorite places that you've gone to and like you want to go back to mm, i like would say five. uh top five i would definitely say and this is not in any particular order this is just off the top of my head buenos aires argentina is like a definitely one of my favorite places for mm -hmm. sure buenos aires is definitely that's my favorite place in south america for sure and i would say Taipei, Taiwan is one of my favorite places for sure. I mean, I might have recency bias with that just because <laughs> I was just there and like it's a place that I'm actually thinking about moving to. So any place that I would like to live is a place that I love for sure. Hawaii is definitely top. That's easily top five, if not number one, to be completely honest with you. And then uh, and that's in our own home soil. That's in the United mm -hmm. States. So Hawaii is definitely a, uh, one of my favorite places. Just beautiful, green, lush. Uh, the lifestyle there is super relaxing, especially if you're living there. It's like one thing to go there as a tourist, but for me, I lived there for like four and a half years. So mm -hmm. it's like you can literally spend your entire day outside and like the sunsets there are phenomenal. If you're somebody like I like to surf, so you know, surfing is definitely really? okay. That's dope. Surfing is, is definitely something that you know I would like to get back into, to be honest with you. But Hawaii spoils you with the waves and just the mm -hmm. wind and everything like that so it's been something where it's like i don't want to get in the cold water and surf i don't want to wear yeah. wet. but uh i would definitely say hawaii i think that's three right there and i would say man where else would i say it's probably like japan is always i love japan too because of I, I anywhere specific uh i like i would say that explore all of japan because it's mm -hmm. the different regions are different like Osaka is where I lived at, but to be completely like fair and like to be fair, I, I would say that Tokyo is actually a better city. But mm. although I loved Osaka because I had like my community there, you know what I mean? But uh, also I'm trying to think about some other places I've been. I mean, I've been to some super dope places like Brazil is tight, although it's not in my top five. Mm. Like there are certain places that are great to visit, like Egypt was one of, it was like a very two-sided place for me because on one hand, it was one of the most amazing places I've ever been in my life when it comes down to how rich the history is there and just the pyramids are just amazing to look at. Like some of this stuff that you see at these temples, you go to Luxor and like how this stuff has just been preserved for thousands of years and like the trippy, mummies. Trippy. And it's like, it's just a trip like you said yeah. it's like that's probably the place that i saw that was like the most rich and it came down to like history and like mm -hmm. 
just amazement. Like I was just in awe of everything. Every time I, every day was something amazing that I saw. But then mm -hmm. on the other side, it was a place that I could never live. In. It, it was because like one of the most polluted places I've ever been. Tons of people trying. I mean, everybody thought I was Egyptian, so they weren't really messing with me too much. <laughs> but if you see my girlfriend is Asian, so when we were out there, it's like they she was just getting. They were just trying to scam her nonstop, and uh, <laughs> they were just bothering her, harassing her. Uh -huh. So it was like a little bit for me. It really wasn't that bad, but for her, she was just definitely having a hard time. So it affected my trip as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, so I would say Egypt is like definitely a dope place but then it's like it's also like the food isn't very good there in my opinion you know no disrespect to any egyptian people out there but i definitely wasn't <laughs> on the food too much but uh once but then the history is just crazy it's it's amazing and uh i, I just had a really Maybe good trip. top five or no yeah i would have to say egypt is a place that i feel like everybody has to go mm -hmm. i would definitely so I would, Hawaii, I would, japan yeah. egypt and it was uh, uh Buenos Aires. Yeah, Buenos Aires for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what was uh, the last one? I would say uh I would say Taipei, but then it, I mean it's just okay, it, Taipei, yeah. it's hard it's hard to because then I really had a good time when I was in Jordan as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like I had a good time in all these places for different like, pick, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan was like I mean, there's a place called Petra out there that's like one of the like wonders of the world because like this city built into a into a mountain mm -hmm. and that was a dope experience for me too but i would probably say the place i liked the most in in jordan was this desert experience that we went we went out to the desert and spent the night out in the desert in this place called wadi rum and like man it was just the 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 the, the red sand and uh you know the mountains out in the middle of the desert and just the mm -hmm. sunsets and the the sun rises and just being able to see the stars. It was just one of those experiences that I'll never forget in my life. So, That's I, yeah. so I would definitely say like, man, all these places, there's gems all over the world. Like there's a, mm -hmm. that's the reason why it's so dope to be an explorer is that there's Lyrian endless. I mean, I could definitely spend the rest of my life traveling, but you know, I'm just coming to a point now where it's like, okay, I want to, I do want to have a family and mm -hmm. I do like start something like brick and mortar and not necessarily be living a nomadic life but it's definitely enough stuff in this in this in this, on this earth to keep you occupied on like discovering new things and you know finding new new gems all over the place and there's probably a bunch of places that i'll go to in the future that you know will trump some of the experiences i've had in the past mm -hmm. that's true yeah so now with all those experiences with like calisthenics fitness traveling this and that what are three to five things that you would like to say to your younger self that you wish you had like some of this advice like you wish someone told you this um i would say i'm not really a person who lives my life on regrets so yeah not regret more like um I've, like give me the I've, game I've, yeah I'm, I'm just saying like i probably kind of would have liked to experience everything the way that i did but mm -hmm. But I would say that if I wanted to expedite my progress in certain things, I would tell myself, number one, don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush because especially if you're a younger person, like in your early 20s or something like that, like you have so much time is not guaranteed. But at the same time, you have way more leeway. So. Mm -hmm not being as accomplished in certain things like take your time and and get proficient at something like even if it doesn't give you the instant results that you want like one of the things that i had a problem with when i was when i was younger is that i just had this like poverty mindset because of where i come from and like not i'm not saying i come from poverty but i do come from more of like a lower blue collar type of area and my mindset was always like oh i need to chase money i need to make money like i need to do whatever i need to do to make money Money is the least of your is it should be the least of your like uh, that shouldn't be something that you're really tripping off of in your 20s and or your early 20s and your teens and stuff like that. You need to work on getting a skill set and work on getting proficient at the things that you're passionate about. And I think I wish I would have spent more time doing that. Like I went to university. I played basketball my first year, year and a half in college. 
And then eventually I went to San Francisco State University and got a degree in broadcasting. And I actually ended up getting a job working for the Golden State Warriors broadcast department. They offered Damn. me a job after my internship. But because it didn't pay a lot of money, I took I turned that job down and got a job working for an airline because mm -hmm. it paid more money. That was like one of the I would say one of the dumber things I did, like because and at the same time, I did need the money. But at the same time, it's like, do I want to go into a craft or do I want to get get a job that pays something? It wasn't me. 30 back, yeah. long term, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So but granted, it led me on to this whole other journey of traveling and doing things like that. So definitely not complaining about it. But if you're interested in something, don't think about the money. Think about building up that skill set first when it comes down to fitness. Don't be scared of being don't be scared of sucking at something at first, you know, and don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Don't because you don't want to be like everybody else. Like if you really think about it, being in a top one percent of a field really isn't even that impressive. Like you can go outside today and just go take a look at 100 people that you pass by. And just ask yourself, do you want to be like any of these 100 people that you see? And you're probably going to tell yourself, would you rather be one of them other than more so than yourself? You're probably mm -hmm. going to tell yourself, no, I'd rather be me than this, these 100 people. I mean, really, technically, you should want to be you more than anybody else. But just in terms of you wouldn't even think that these people are even as impressive as you because the majority of people walking around are dead average to subpar. So don't worry about what they have to say. Just focus on whatever it is that you you're interested in and you know that you you know that you want to do be you don't worry about what everybody else is saying even if you feel like you're going to get some backlash from it and uh probably the main thing i probably yeah i mean there's a lot of mentalities that i that took a long time for me to break through and uh you know self-limiting beliefs i would say is probably the number one thing that i would try to preach to myself to get rid of a lot of self-limiting beliefs a lot of toxic mentalities i had when i was coming up and you know a lot of different things of that nature i would probably say there's a lot of toxic mentalities out there for a lot of younger guys right now might be in a little bit different way than when i was younger um for me i would say one of the things that i wouldn't say regret but i definitely spent way too much time chasing women hmm. um it actually, I mean, you learn how to deal with women, deal with people in general when you're kind of communicating and learn how to communicate a little bit better. But I did put too much effort into into like women when I was younger. And I think mm -hmm. it hit me in a lot of ways, actually, uh, getting as I got older. And I, yeah, so I would say that's one thing. And I, one thing I would see nowadays is like, or at least on YouTube, because, you know, me and you are YouTubers, we kind of like peep out the YouTube landscape. There's a lot of people on YouTube who spend too much time. That's one thing I'm actually glad that they didn't have YouTube when I was younger because they spend too much time in this digital world and they start thinking that the digital world is, is reality versus mm -hmm. the real world. And mm -hmm. when I was younger, it was more so that you didn't have a choice but to be in the real world when you form your own opinions like that. But for any younger man out there, I would say spend more time in the real world than when consuming content because you're doing yourself a disservice if you're consuming content all day and actually adopting other people's ideas instead of forming your own. Mm -hmm. So in general, it, it seems like the stuff that you give advice to yourself is more focused on delayed gratification, long-term yeah. stuff. So, and to end things off. Also, one more thing I, I, I want to say. One more yeah. thing I want to say is take risks. Because mm -hmm. when you're younger, I'm not saying take risks by like transporting dope to some place. I'm not saying that because I grew up with a lot of people doing that type of stuff. And one of my mm -hmm. best friends actually went. My best friend, actually not one of my best friends. My best friend went to prison for for uh, like for you know drug stuff. But yeah, uh, I would say take take uh, take risks. Like take risks on yourself. Bet on yourself. Your number one investment in life is going to be on yourself. A lot mm -hmm. of people will easily put $10,000 into um, $10,000 into some cryptocurrency that they don't even know what the utility is, or they'll put some $10,000 into a company where they know nothing about the CEO, or they don't know nothing about the way that the, the operation is, is going on. Or they know nothing about the, a company that's got terrible employees. They're, they'll, they'll gladly 
put $10,000 into a stock portfolio or something like that. Take that money and invest in yourself, mm -hmm. invest in your health, invest in your skill sets, invest in, you know, a lot of all aspects of yourself, invest in your own business. So do take risks and invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. And now like to end things off, since you've got all this stuff down, you got all these experiences, the knowledge, the, the wisdom and stuff like that. What are some plots, some projects, some plans that you got going on in the next coming couple of years? You know what I mean? Because you said we were talking about trying to open up a gym maybe and uh, trying to set up roots somewhere. So fill us in on what, what what's next and stuff like that and where we can find it at. Uh, so what's next is going to be the hybrid athlete gym. Uh, mm -hmm. It might be a joint venture between me and uh, you know somebody else. Uh, maybe James, uh, if we do that, and maybe it's the high octane gym, you know, but mm -hmm. it, the hybrid athlete gym is what I'm looking at next. And I'd actually like to get the ball rolling on that this year, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I've already started up on a business plan on that. And it's not necessarily just going to be a gym. What I want to do is create more of a lifestyle center and a place where people can come to have a co-working space to a place where people can come to create artwork a place where people a high performers hub, basically, where people who are performing at a high level can come in and train at a high level. They can create at a high level. Uh, they can network at a high level. And this is something that I'm working on train, uh, creating right now. And uh, I've got a lot of ideas when it comes down to that. So if you guys are, you know, w are interested in that, you know, subscribe to my channel, stay tuned on that and I'll keep everybody updated. But that is the thing that I'm looking towards right now as far as my number one bigger goal, I would say. I've got a lot of smaller goals when it comes down to, you know, different things I'm going to be doing online or different people I'm going to be connecting with. And, uh, you know, there's that's just my goal for right now. Eventually, there'll be something different. But for mm -hmm. that, and as far as lifestyle goes, um, I think lifestyle is more important than money or material things. So I just want to put myself into an environment where I have a good lifestyle. I can get my training every day. Uh, you know, I'm fulfilled as far as, you know, being able to eat the type of food I want to eat every day. Uh, save time. I don't want, I'm somebody who doesn't like commuting. I don't even really like driving, to be completely honest with you. So I want to be in an area that's very walkable. I can move. Weather is important to me. So all these things kind of factor into, you know, my decision on where I want to be and, what I want. And on top of that, it's like, I also have a girlfriend who I'm pretty serious with. So, you know, that factors into my decisions as well. So. Mm -hmm. Got you, man. That's pretty sick, bro. I'll be down to pull up to that, the high octane or hybrid, hybrid athlete gym, man. So where else can people find you? I know you, you got obviously YouTube, Instagram, you got anywhere else people can connect you, connect uh, with you, you with website and check out what i got going on there is hybridathlete.io so if you guys are interested in uh you know training with me or you're just interested in some of the stuff that i have going on and just want to check it out or even want to book a free consultation with me you can go to my website hybridathlete.io and then all my links to all my social medias are on there as well so yeah i'll put in the uh, description yeah. yeah yeah for sure so yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's pretty much where you can find me at and then uh shit hopefully We'll link up again and, and get another collaboration. We'll have yeah, bro, in person. Yeah, in person next we time. Definitely got to do that too for sure. Get a training yeah. session. I like yeah, that. Home. I like that home. Oh gym. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some pretty nice calisthenics parks here too. There's like one that looks over like a nice canyon too. So if you ever pull up down here, bro, we'll we'll get that link in. We'll get we can pull up to the home gym or we can even go to calisthenics park. That'd be tight. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm down to do both. Yes, sir. Let's get yeah. it, man. So. It was great having you, bro. That Appreciate was the first it. episode of the Flighty Fitness Podcast. That was some fun. That was fun, bro. Something I'm gonna keep doing. Hopefully, we get an in-person version of this soon. Yeah, but uh, there it is, man. So appreciate you pulling up, chopping it up, appreciate dropping it, some game, and all that stuff, man. All right, man. I appreciate you having me. Peace out, JD. All right, man. Peace. Have a good one.